What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. This is your host, the Cajun Libertarian. Thank you so much for being here today. If you are new to the show, please stick around. We have an exciting, very amazing guest for you, the Libertarian Party of Texas State Chair, Whitney Bill. Before we get to her real quick, a few announcements. As always, I will try to burn through these as much as possible. You can visit my website at CajunLibertarian.com. I have a lot of merchandise there, and we're ramping up that website because of the new banner coming from Facebook about whoever is or isn't extremist. I don't know, but there's a high potential that some of us may get shut down. You'll be able to catch all the content and merchandise and podcasts on the website, CajunLibertarian.com. You can also donate to the show at the Cajun Libertarian. One, please hit the donate button when you do friends and family so that they do not hold that money. Speaking of, we have the website. I have the Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, basically anywhere you could find your podcast. Just find the Cajun Libertarian, any platform at all. That's me. There is not another one on the planet. So pretty easy to find me, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And then again, anywhere you can catch your podcast. Cajun and Eskimo show is tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time on Muddied Waters Media from Bayou to Igloo. This is our fir- fourth, I was going to say first, this is our fourth episode and we're very excited about it. Um, every one of them have been great and I expect that tomorrow will be just as fantastic. It will be July 4th Independence Day, so maybe Eskimo wears something very patriotic-ish. Who knows what's going to happen? I don't. So, Tunica's next weekend. We have the GoFundMe page. Tuesday night, we will have Libertarian Live Jeopardy with Spike Cohen, Matt Wright, Brian Larrick, Eskimo Libertarian, myself, and a couple of other contestants. So we will drop more information about that very soon. Uh, let me get to our sponsors real quick. We have high-end bags and accessories, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Go to FierceLuxuryAshley.com, FierceLuxuryAshley.com. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brand like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes. Consign with them for a 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. You can find them online again at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. With that being said, State Chair, Libertarian Party, Texas, Whitney Billu. Let's bring her on. Hey, Miss Whitney, how are Hi. you? Hi, good, thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we were able to work this out. I had to cancel on you last time for being sick, so that's glad we made this work, even on a holiday weekend. I appreciate you. Yeah, yeah, and again, sorry for that one. I, I tell everybody all the time, it's like, I don't pay attention to holidays. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas is about it, because I got to buy my yeah. kids stuff. Yeah. Other than that, I just don't pay attention to holidays at yeah. all. Life is too busy. So, yeah. So I know you got a bunch of family over. Hopefully we get a grandchild or two that will wreck the show. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> only have one and he's only eight months, but he's loud. So we'll see. Yeah. yeah he might come busting through the back out there. Maybe he'll look like that one kid that pops into the room and then looks real nervous and pops back out. Oh, yeah. It'd be priceless. We'll see. No, I love it. So I love you having family over. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fantastic. What do y'all have planned for the weekend? Uh, tomorrow, the whole extended family will be here, so I'll be hosting them, and, which is pretty normal for us. So, it's, but it's been, I guess, two years now since the last time we were able to do this. So, I'm pretty excited about it. It'll be a full house tomorrow for sure. Nice. What are y'all cooking? Um, Paul's gonna do pulled pork and some sausage, and I'm having everybody else bring stuff, and I haven't decided what else I'm making yet. Nice. Oh, nice. Very good. I don't know what we're doing tomorrow. Um, probably nothing. Oh. I, I know that we got the Cajun Eskimo show, but I'm going to take my five-year-old son to go get some fireworks today oh, yeah. and get his hair cut. And then we'll do some fireworks. We might start a fire or something like that, but it will definitely yeah. just be us, me, the wife and the two kids. Yeah. There, there normally would be fire here, but it's supposed to rain all day. So we'll see. Oh, good Lord. I got to check the weather now. I never <laughs> that either. I got to catch up. I'm far yeah. behind. You're not old enough to start checking weather. So. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. We, uh, I imagine that where you're at right now probably feels a lot like where I'm at, which is smoking hot. Oh, man. It's, yeah, it's super swampy, too. It's it's pretty gross out there right now. But, yeah. 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 We're yeah, supposed it, to get a cold front, so which is why it's bringing rain. But we'll see. 
Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we don't get too many cold fronts at this time of year, but maybe if it takes it down five degrees to 85 yeah. or 90, that would be all right. Bye-bye. The one thing I do hate, though, when it rains during the summer is you get a couple of cool hours or, or a cool hour while it's raining. But then if the sun comes right out afterwards, oh, yeah. all the wet just makes it an oven. It's like a yeah. sun outside. It makes the ground mad is all it does. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm just going to I don't even know what to say. <laughs> There's Eskimo. It's 48 degrees in Alaska right oh, now. Oh man. What is what are you doing up there? It's climate Show change. Off. It's global warming. <laughs> it's the worst in Alaska. It's 48 degrees. That's crazy. Uh David Andrew Gay says, Hey Whitney, met you at the Spike yeah. Cohen rally in Houston. Nice to see you. Happy yeah. Court. Saw him, I think I saw him twice that weekend. Yeah. That's awesome. I wish you could. I know you can't. Y'all are too busy, but I wish y'all could be here for the Tunica event next weekend in um, Tunica, Mississippi, where we're doing our thing. I'll be hosting that event. It's going to be a bunch of fun. But yeah. I know you're you're stupid busy over there. Texas Libertarian Party is just stupid busy yeah. at the top of their game. So tell us what y'all got going on right now, if you don't mind. Oh, man. Um, well, I've got about 25 staff members. Um, so they're all cranking something out all the time. I'm so proud of them and so excited of everything that they're doing. And, um, you know, they just, they just kind of do their thing and I don't have to worry, you know, that we're, we're not just existing anymore. We're thriving. And, uh, it's, it's very exciting. I'm very, very proud and honored to, to have such a team. Um, right now we've got our events department working on our 2020 convention, which is, uh, um, going to be in the DFW area. And uh, so they'll start making announcements on that pretty soon. And then uh, our next select meeting, which uh, I don't know, maybe people who are tuned in will know that ever since um, this particular set of officers got elected, myself and Stephanie and Kate and Becca, we've been uh, um, trying to attach like shoulder events to our executive committee meetings, which we do quarterly and, you know, either on the Friday night before or the Saturday after and making fundraisers out of them and they've all been very very successful we've sold out all of them so far and uh so we're we're working on another one that should be should be pretty cool so i'm i'm excited about that but i'm not going to give any of it away but that'll be uh the weekend of august 21st so um hopefully uh and everybody's welcome you know we have people now coming from other states to, to even to our executive committees meetings and our events so hopefully some of you guys will be able to to come out um, but more on that once you just just follow our, you know, our LPTexas.com, um, our website and our Facebook, Libertarian Party of Texas. And of course, Twitter. I'm sure everybody knows how to find that one. Um, <laughs> it's pretty popular. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah just, just watch for our stuff. And we'd love to have people from from other affiliates come and join us and meet our team. And um, but yeah, we've got we've got stuff going on. Um, um yeah, that's why I was. I don't have any really thing else to say about our convention, but that'll be the next like big thing. Our convention will be April of twenty two, and the state of Texas decides for us when that's going to be. So it's usually the weekend after, um, or this like the second weekend in April, unless it conflicts with Easter. So okay. I don't have those dates in front of me right now. Why, why does the state of Texas dictate when you can have your convention? That doesn't make sense to me. It has to do with primary dates and, and stuff like that. So why they do it, I guess, because they can, and, but right. yeah. So last year, you know, with all the COVID stuff, we actually had to appeal directly to the governor to get like permission directly from him to change not only the date of our convention, but also to, to be able to consider the possibility of having it online because it also is you know required that we do it in person. So we were facing an existential crisis, um, last cycle dealing with conventions during COVID. So. Right. And now uh, you've got a candidate running for governor in Texas. Dan taxation is Steph Berman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's are are y'all going to be working with him on his campaign or is that kind of a solo uh, deal? So that prior to the nomination, no, once, once the candidate has secured the, the Libertarian party of Texas nomination and the delegates have chosen them, then that's a different issue. You know, then we can start trying to work together and getting volunteers together for them and looking at what other, whatever other resources we can provide. But prior to the nomination, there's really not a lot we can do. So. Wow. 
So how did your social media become based? I had, from my end, I haven't seen a social media from a state party better. <clears throat> Excuse me. How did y'all get that? Your messaging is almost always, if not always, a spot on. How did you get there? And how can we replicate that everywhere else? Um, that, you know, social media is definitely not my forte. Uh, it's probably one of my biggest weaknesses. In fact, I don't care to hang out on it. And, um, you know, but, but there are, I surround myself with people who are experts and smarter than me at a lot of stuff. And, uh, prior to us coming on, we had someone who was, who was running our social media and, and was already getting a lot of attention for, you know, for the Facebook posts and the, and the tweets and stuff. And, um, that, person resigned. Uh, and that was Randy Simbro, by the way, I'll go ahead and give him a shout out. He was doing a great job. Nice. Um, he, he resigned and stepped down. He had been doing it for a long time and it was just, it was a lot of work. I mean, it was a lot of work, a lot of his time focused on that. So I really appreciate him doing it. And then, uh, I, shortly after he resigned, I was able to get, um, a, uh, already an executive committee member and someone who's been very active in our organization already to come on as communications director. And that's Nathan Moxley. And um, we started just kind of filling in, you know, having people apply. We have a pretty robust application process for onboarding staff. And so people started applying for some of these, you know, communications department positions. And we just started kind of plugging them in. And Nathan just, Nathan and the other people, Becca did some interviews. And um, between the two of them, we're able to recruit some really solid you know, staff members and volunteers for these positions. And so Jonathan Casey is actually the one that, that does our, our Twitter. And um, he's, he's, he's pretty solid. He does a great job and I'm really proud of him. And um, the whole team is just really good. We're still onboarding a couple more people. So it doesn't have to be just one person because it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And uh, I'm really grateful that they're willing to, to stay on it and, you know, stay tuned in and, and be able to make the impact. And we've gotten a lot of, um, you know, I say a lot, I mean, it's relative, but, you know, a handful of media, like, you know, big media kind of picking up our stuff and quoting us, you know, quoting our tweets and stuff like that. So that's really nice. And it's, it's something I'm proud of them. That helps a bunch. It, I, I imagine that you have a freaking incredible staff and team running that stuff just my brand alone Cajun Libertarian there's uh four of us working on it yeah. constantly all day every day <laughs> just to run this little thing and, and you've yeah. got a massive reach with your state mm -hmm. brand that's probably you know your state yeah because those right. are legitimate accounts that's your Texas blue check mark right and you guys are just every time I turn around y'all are killing it mm -hmm. You know, the Libertarian Party is is retweeting y'all or quote tweeting or reposting yeah. on Facebook. And you have, by and large, way more followers on both Facebook and Twitter than I have seen or come across any other blue check state account yeah. yet. And so it's very impressive. I, I really hope that anybody else that's watching right now is um, I'm getting a notification up here. Uh-oh. Give me one second. Okay. I'm really hoping that... There we go. It said I would disconnect it from Facebook for some reason. I don't know. As I'm bragging on social media, my card <laughs> decides to disconnect me from social media. So, you know, I'm really hoping that there's people out there, and I know there are, uh, that are watching that could really take tips and lessons. I mean, all across the country, including myself, that can really learn and, and duplicate what it is that y'all are doing in Texas on social media because... Wow, y'all are just great at it. Yeah, um, I, I, you know, one of the reasons why I have directors is so that I don't have to think about that stuff and I don't have to That's right. learn it and pay attention to it and become an expert in it. So, you know, people are welcome to reach out to our communications department, communications at lptexas.org. And, um, you know, maybe they'll give away secrets. Maybe they won't. <laughs> right, right. I think David asked about when the convention was. Um, it is right. like the the April 8th through 10th, more or less. So, you know, a block that weekend of the 9th and 10th of April for next year. So just get that out there real quick. I saw David asked in the chat. Yeah. yeah. I thought you said it was, it was like the second weekend of April, so long as it doesn't interfere with Easter. Yeah. Um, Eskimo says, how has the influx of people to Texas affected the LP there? I imagine she's talking about from Cali. 
Uh, <laughs> well, so far, um, so far it hasn't really been, you know, we haven't seen an impact uh, in our organization with, from Californians specifically. Um, this may not be the party for them and they may already have preconceived notions about what the Libertarian Party is. And of course now with, like you've already mentioned, LP Texas being so active and so um, people being so aware of us now on social media, that may change as people come in. Maybe we can recruit them here, but you know, in Texas, we've always sort of taken a stand that Californians are welcome, but you can't, you're not going to change us to don't come here expecting us to become what you left behind. You know, that's always been a problem with uh, California people coming over and bringing their politics with them. But, um, yep. you know, that so far it hasn't, I haven't seen an impact specifically with our organization and uh, we're, right. we're pretty solid and it's pretty clear what we stand for and what we don't. And people either come on board. Uh, I did get a call from someone recently who wanted to tell us that how he was going to fix our website and also wanted to know why we wouldn't change our platform to make it more appealing to Trump supporters. So that was a quick and easy conversation. <laughs> I guess it was. <laughs> I guess yeah. It was. So bye. Um, but yeah, that was, that's, we don't have a lot of that. I mean, Right after the, I would say in terms of influxes that I've act, that we've actually noticed, I would say right after the the um, January sixth thing at the you know in, in DC, right. we got a bunch of emails and a bunch of calls, people wanting to join the Libertarian Party, and you know maybe a, two of them were legitimate actual Libertarians who wanted to join the Libertarian Party, but the rest of them that's not what they wanted. So, um, but we just keep on going. Doing yeah. our thing, and yeah. When did you get elected to chair? Um, it was, I think, the actual date was August third. I think was the day, maybe the day that I first took office. The, the election may have been on the second, but our convention is normally in April, as you know, and as I mentioned earlier. But the COVID thing had us push back, so we started it like on July thirty first, and then by the third of August, um, our, I, I was elected. So I have a bit of a shorter term than I normally would have, but uh, it doesn't feel any shorter. Right. <laughs> and and it, uh, you know, within the first two weeks that I was in office, uh, we got sued by uh, by the Republicans five times over a four day period, and um, so that was pretty fun. And uh, we wound up taking that all the way to the Supreme Court, defending ourselves all the way to, to the state Supreme Court, and won. You know, from it was about a three week period that all of this happened and trying to kick half of our candidates off the ballots here in Texas. And we were able to shut that down. So that's that was awesome. Yeah. So trial by fire for sure. I was on the job. <laughs> training if I've ever seen it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I heard about that. I heard, uh, man, see, I'm going to miss misquote this information, but I heard you guys went through like 11 or so lawsuits between Democrats and Republicans during the last election cycle some ungodly amount of lawsuits with them trying to keep you off the ballot. Keep um, us off the ballot. Yeah, it was. So basically what happened just since you brought up the Democrats, mm -hmm. what happened was, I guess, late July uh, or maybe early August. Yeah. It had to have been early August, I guess. No, maybe not. It was mid August because it was whenever the, the convention parties had to essentially certify their nominees and basically provide the list of candidates to to the secretary of state. Well, the Democrats immediately sued uh, the green party candidates off immediately. And they were successful. Uh, and I was tipped off by a member of the green party that, Hey, they're probably coming after you next. And so we were, we were aware that it happened, but it was still only a matter of days, you know, it's still not enough time for us to really sort of prepare. And uh, sure enough, it happened. And it was a Friday when I got the first notice and um, you know, we had to respond by Monday morning. So I'm supposed to find lawyers, you know, on a Friday <laughs> and uh, have them do work for me by 9am on Monday morning. So that was pretty, that was pretty intense. It was a pretty intense couple of days. And we just, we got super lucky. And over that weekend, you know, they kept, the lawsuits kept coming in and um, just different entities, uh, just different, you know, groups of Republicans. The very first one, had no standing at all. It was uh, the National Republican Congressional Committee that filed it, trying to get like local and state candidates kicked off the ballot in Texas. That's a that's they had no standing for that. So that one was easy to, to swat away. But um, 
then it was they, they realized what they were doing wrong. And so they started sort of correcting and getting actual Republican candidates to sign on as as complainants or as plaintiffs or whatever it was in this particular case. And, uh, you know, to try to correct their standing issues. But it was four four lawsuits from four different groups of Republicans against myself and um, uh, the party and then the, the candidates trying to. So the candidates weren't being sued. I was essentially being sued. And what they were doing was trying to get the courts to compel me to take my people off the ballot. And um, so four different ones and they were each one wanted different candidates removed. And so the Republicans who were basically being opposed by a libertarian were the ones who were filing these suits. They didn't want the competition. That's so, um, yeah. So the fifth one, I think, was the one that came in after after all of those were um, rejected and we were able to beat all of those. They regrouped and it was actually a state a seated state legislator, state legislator who was the attorney on the one that went to the Supreme Court and he filed against us, um, you know, as an appeal for you know, because the court had already said, no, we're not making her do this. And then he filed an appeal and that one went to the Supreme Court and we won there, too. So all of our candidates got to stay on. Not a single one of them had to come off. And um, of course, they, you know, the legislature then regrouped and tried to figure out what they had done wrong and tried to correct the laws and the loopholes in it this time around. So we'll see what happens next. Right. And so uh, this these kinds of stories that I get privy to so often. Mm-hmm. just tells me that that whole nonsense about libertarians can't win mm-hmm. is just that. It's just nonsense. If, yeah. if, if we were such an illegitimate third party, nobody, why are they spending so much That's money exactly and time right. in court? Yeah. And you know, what's messed up about that is that the the time they don't care about the public resources that they're wasting. Like they don't care about that at all. Um, you know, so anybody who supports Republicans because they're fiscally conservative or for small government, that's complete bullcrap, which we already know because that's it's evidenced by what they did to us. And anybody in they're not about actual freedom or liberty. You know, these were supposedly liberty Republicans who were suing us. So that's not you know, that's bullcrap, too. Um, but they're we are legitimate. We are absolutely legit- legitimate. And this is evidence of it for sure. And, um, you know, all of them now see us as as a serious, you know, threat. It's not really the word that I would want to use, but from their perspective, it, it is. And and I think that the mistake they make is assuming that we, you know, that we're on, that we're taking votes from them, and that's not necessarily true. We know that's not true. If we're taking votes from anybody, we're actually taking them from both sides because both sides are starting to realize that that's not the way. And uh, but we're also just we're we're activating independent voters, you know, we're bringing independent voters into a, you know, to vote for a partisan candidate now. And, um, and then people who've just been apathetic and not participating. So I think it is sure we, we might pull votes from, you know, a Republican who would have gotten them if we hadn't been on the ballot, but we also stand for voter choice. So we're on there to give voters a choice and like, because we believe that's important. And so, um, clearly, the Republicans don't don't agree with that, and obviously Democrats don't either. But they're not the ones that sued us. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I tell this story quite often to all of my Republican friends. Um, again, I didn't have the details that you just gave me. I just knew that they went hard at us last year, and so that begs the obvious next question. I know we didn't talk about any of this prior to, but like I said, we just we just start talking and get let yeah. it grow organically and have fun. Uh, so now that we can see their tenacity and fear for our movement in your state specifically, since it, you know you're who we're talking to, mm-hmm. we have next year coming around very fast. I anticipate that we're going to run into some of those obstacles. They're going to be a little bit better organized, but so are we. So how do we how do we take the first strike in defending ourselves? Um, well, I'm I not. That's not a loaded question. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get into legal strategy and any of our potential plans for that. But but, you know, we're looking at what our options are and and um, being on the defensive that last time with 
with no time to defend ourselves. I mean, right. really, we had no time. We had no time to actually prepare a defense, and we were still successful, uh, and and for a number of reasons, actually. Um, but you know, that's that's not a place that we want to be. You know, we want to we want to. We've got. Uh, we we were actively involved in the legislative session this time to try to first and foremost. It, you know, influence that process in a way that renders the best laws possible, right? The the, the most favorable laws possible for us with regard to elections and other things. Um, but we also, we were looking at, you know, how, given the law that we have now, what can we do proactively and, you know, from the, um, you know, maybe to initiate even uh, litigation to, to try to correct these laws, because it, it's actually, not only is it, unconstitutional the law that's in place now but it's it's uh immoral it's immoral and um so that's something that we're we're, you know we're looking at and we don't we can't let it stand and so we we had a you know when we it was for our defense at the time you know last fall but we were able to raise money very very quickly for that and people realize that there's a need for us to continue being prepared to defend ourselves and our candidates but also, um, you know, and to defend the rights of voters, quite frankly. Um, so, and, and we want to we want to be a player in that. We want to continue to do that. So we've been able to fundraise pretty successfully for legal funds, you know, and for right. legal activities. And and at some point, you know, um, we may be the ones that initiate lawsuits against the state for it. You know, I know the national party's done it. Other state affiliates have done it. And uh, it may it may be on the horizon for us. But I don't want to get into specifics right. and give away anything at this point. But but it's right, definitely right. something we're, we're looking into for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I'm definitely not wanting to tip our hand either. <laughs> I was just, uh, I assume that at this point you're, you know, you're very sharp and you have such a phenomenal team that we will not be ill prepared this next go round because they tried to sneak one over on us and couldn't yeah. do it. And yeah. so, um, well, I we mean, had, um, uh, our libertarian party of Texas is actually a, a co-plaintiff on a federal lawsuit also against the state of Texas, but there are other, the green party is also on it, some independent voters, um, and, um, the center for competitive democracy is, and I think another uh, Texans for voter choice. And, you know, just this, a bunch of us are co-plaintiffs on this federal lawsuit. And, uh, we actually got deposed on that one this past week. So that means that there's actually activity on it. Uh, whether or not it's going to be disposed in our favor or rule in our favor, we don't know yet, but we're hoping that in the next few months we'll have some answers on that one. And then, uh, and that one's basically just uh, suing the state over the overall ballot access scheme, you know, that, that it just makes it really hard for anybody other than Republicans and Democrats to get on the ballot. So um, that one is also one that we're involved in too. And we've been involved in that one for some, for, for a few years, you know, prior to me taking on this role. But at this point, I'm, I'm the one that got deposed last week. It was actually pretty cool for me to have three attorneys there on my side and the one guy representing the attorney general for the state of Texas on the other side. That was kind of cool. <laughs> nice. That is very cool. So shot in the dark here. I'm sure I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway, any chance we're going to get some help from the Texas Democrats in ballot access? Um, well, um, officially, no. Right. Uh, I will say that the, the Democrats, you know, they've got, they were pretty successful back in um, 2018, um, flipping a couple seats. They didn't flip as many as they wanted to. And, you know, historically it could be, it could be said that they were leaving some some spots for us over the years for us to throw in so that we could maintain ballot access um, because you know they're they're going to play the same game the Republicans play. Um, we know that the Republicans support the Green Party, so you know, but but actual support from Democrats to us, no, we're, we haven't seen that. But they have, you know, maybe left some some vacancies on on the ballot for us to take. Uh, I do not expect them to do that anymore. I think that in 2018, they uh, probably could have done a little bit better, maybe flipped more seats than they did, and maybe saw that um, giving us those spots wasn't the, in their best interest moving forward. So, but but actual help from the Democrat Party, I don't I don't expect to see that. They they view us as a legitimate legitimate party right now, and whether or not they 
you know, want to actually engage with us that way. I don't know, but, and whether or not we would is, you know, it's, it's something, uh, it's, it's kind of a moral question, I guess, you know, right. how, depending on what that would look like. So, but at this point, there's no, there's no engagement there. Right. Right. Yeah, again, I figured that much just a shot in the dark. Maybe we could get some help somewhere else, but I figured I knew the answer. I'll ask, <laughs> I'll ask this question and then we can, I want to ask you another one right after that. But uh, he actually says do more to get on the debate stage, but I was going to actually ask, how can we do more to get on the debate stage? Lone Star Libertarian. Yeah, that's, I don't have an answer to that. I know that, you know, national was trying some things, you know, putting some projects together to try to get us out there or have alternative debates, you know, where, where our candidates can be on, but that's, that is not something that I have an answer for. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, a situation where there's collusion between the media organizations and the, and the Republicans and Democrats, you know, I mean, those parties control the, the debate stage and it, you know, supposedly operates like a private entity, which we know it's not necessarily true, but um, right. they get to they get to decide, and they've been very uh, overt in their you know and in, in their opposition to us having any voice on there. Um, and I don't know what the answer is there. I don't. We've we've tried to we've tried to sue unsuccessfully um, to try to force their hands, but it just it hasn't worked so far. So that's a, that's above my pay grade. Yeah, mine too, by a lot. <laughs> everything you do is above my pay grade <laughs> no, you know, joke so i imagine that you have uh or y'all have many candidates lined up for 2022 how are the how are they going and how can we help well we're actively recruiting we've got uh on our website and I, i'm sorry i don't have the links here but on our website somewhere there is a um, people can sign up you know with candidate interest form it's not technically an application but it's a way to let us know that you're interested in running for office and it doesn't matter what level you're you're looking at or even when um but we've got uh a political action department and a staff member on there who is you know that's that's their role is to help candidates go through this process and you know fill out whatever forms they need to fill out and at this point it's about you know we've got filing fees so making sure that people are prepared for those right now they're they have you know they're required to pay them so um you know, making sure that people understand that process and how it works in Texas and when the deadlines are. So yeah, we're, we're actively recruiting candidates. We'd love to fill the ballot with as many as we can. And uh, I'm really hoping for a robust gubernatorial nom- uh, candidate field. So, um, you know, we're looking for people who, who want to take these races seriously. And, um, you know, being a candidate is, is very important because, even if you decide or you determine that you don't have a chance to win, even if statistically, you know, you're, you're not going to be the one that the people choose you being on the ballot is still very important because it actually, um, it changes the conversations that are had, you know, because, and people on the ballot, like uh, lower down the ticket can get into debates. You know, we get our, our candidates are in debates all the time. Um, you know, locally or in with community organizations that invite people and they always they, they they're tending now to invite the libertarians. We've really seen a lot of positive, um, you know, that moving in a positive direction, people wanting to hear from us and inviting us. So it's an opportunity to be able to get messaging out there or to get ideas out there and communicate our principles that nobody would have ever heard if a libertarian wasn't on the ballot. So even what we would consider, you know, a paper candidate can actually still have an impact in that way because somebody's going to see it and somebody's going to go, oh, well, I wonder what that means. And then they're going to Google libertarian and hopefully they find the good stuff. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, having these opportunities to and for, for candidates of whatever whatever level they're prepared to run for. But we we do really want the serious ones. We want the ones that are that are in it to win it. Um, especially, you know, down ticket where it's, it's more reasonable. Um, it's, it's just very important for us to have a presence. And the moment that we start backing away from that, um, where we start to lose our legitimacy, we start to regress and, 
I'm not prepared to do that and I don't intend to do that. So yeah, we, we want to have a, a full slate of, of libertarian candidates this time around for sure, even more than we had last time. So um, yeah, if you're I interested can't... in running as a libertarian, I'll tell you what, that's actually how I got into the, the libertarian party in 2012. I, um, I, I guess I started, I think I had been on Facebook for a while, but I'd never really been active on it. And I was on Facebook one day. I remember vividly sitting here and, Facebook back then, their ads were like on the right-hand side of the screen. And there was one on there. It was Heather Fazio was working for the Libertarian Party of Texas at the time. And she was doing a, you know, a candidate recruitment um, drive, essentially. So she had put an ad up there. Have you ever considered being uh, running for office? Consider running as a libertarian. And I clicked on it. And she called me like almost immediately. And the rest is history. And that was back in 2012. So candidate recruitment is important to us. And that's actually what got me into this party was, was, you know, LP Texas, someone from LP Texas going out there trying to find people who wanted to run for office. So that is something that I want us to be doing. And I hope that uh, all of, all of the people in our leadership are actively looking, you know, for people recruiting people who can run for us. And um, the more candidates we have, the more events we have, the more engagement we have with our communities and our public, and then the public gets to see libertarians in the wild. And so we can dispel some of these myths mm. that they have about us. Um, you know, the, as an example, the, when we were at the Capitol, I think it was April 15th, uh, we had a lobby day and that was the day that the constitutional carry bill was being heard for the first time on the house floor. And, uh, it just happened to be the day that we had scheduled to be there. So it was a perfect day for us to be there. Cause that's something, you know, we've been pushing for a while and our, our volunteers and our members have been pushing for a while and to see it on the house floor was pretty important. And uh, I got, I got a text from a Houston Chronicle reporter and she was like, Hey, are you guys going to be there for this, you know, for this, uh, for the hearing on this thing? And I was like, yeah, we'll be there. And she's like, well, are y'all going to have guns? And like in her mind, we're just all a bunch of, you know, like we just all run around with just completely, you know, strapped with guns all the time. And I was like, well, I'm sure somebody will, but you know, I'm not going to name names, first of all. Right. So she was like, well, should I send a photographer? And I absolutely, you should send a photographer. And of course, the whole group of us, uh, the, the photo of that group that was there that day actually is in the latest LP news, um, if you get it. But uh that right. photo was like none of you couldn't see anybody's guns in it. And so it was right. I'm sure that the Chronicle reporter was disappointed that she didn't see what she thought she was going to see from libertarians. You know, she expected us to all be carrying AR-15s and just completely, you know, decked out. And that wasn't what happened. Um, that doesn't mean we weren't armed, you know, right. it's it just mm -hmm. it's just kind of an interesting moment for me to see this is what they think of us, you know, this image that they have of us and that they really don't know who they're dealing with at all. Um, no. So we make it a point to show them every chance we get. And the more candidates we have, the more we can do that. And, and like I said, people get to see us in the wild and realize that we're not that much. We're not what they think they are necessarily what they think we are. And we're more like them than they realize. So, yeah, she was expecting y'all to uh, fly in on F-15s with rec <laughs> recreational nukes and fireworks. Driving with our tanks. And <laughs> Yeah, this is nothing but Hawaiian shirts and camo <laughs> shorts. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I'll ask this one. I like Brian. Um, does Whitney see an importance in single issue coalitions? Yeah, of course we do. Um, we actually have, it's kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, we've kind of had a lull with our coalition building over the years, um, but it is something that we want to get back into. And we've got a, a a coalition liaison on staff too, and who actually was also serving as our legislative coordinator this past term. So um, kind of had to put the outreach stuff on, on the back burner for a moment, but, uh, or the coalition stuff, but through that legislative action process and having someone there full-time at the Capitol this year actually opened a lot of doors for these coalitions. And he brought back from those, you know, from his days at the Capitol, a lot of contacts um, for us to move forward with these coalitions, some of them single issue for sure. So those, those are things that matter to us. We do find those to be important and it's just a matter of putting that sort of program and that project back in place now to start building those for this next cycle uh, because it is important. And um, you know, we don't, we don't want to lose those, those relationships. <clears throat> We'd like to have more of them where we can and when it's appropriate and when we truly, truly can align and we can enter into these coalitions without any negative, you know, negative uh, consequences to either, to either party, 
yeah, we're mm -hmm. happy to do it. So, yeah. I imagine that was going to be your answer and it was uh, better than what I thought it would be. So thank you. you yeah. Said better than I could, that's for sure. Yeah, it's important, for, it's important for us to have our name <laughs> on these things. I mean, um, you know, we even had our legislative coordinator go into some of the hearings for stuff that w weren't necessarily on our legislative priority list, simply because we want the record to reflect that the Libertarian Party of Texas has something to say about this thing. And um, that's important. And it's important because for 50 freaking years, we've been the ones championing some of these issues. And we've not been the ones getting credit for them when they finally start getting to the forefront. And when we finally start seeing these improvements and these policies change, we're not getting credit for it. And that is our fault, in my opinion. Um, you know, we, we need to be doing a better job of, of staying vocal and being louder than everybody Absolutely. else about this. This was our idea. We're going to take credit for it. You know, so we, we have to stay focused on that. I am a huge advocate for exactly what you just said. And I say it all the time that we need to be louder than the bad actors. And when I tell people, they're like, oh, we shouldn't be screaming all over each other. That's not what we mean when we say mm -hmm. louder. When we say louder, we means our messaging needs to be absolutely crystal clear. It needs to be habitual and continual and never letting up at all. And it needs to be out there. Just, just fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> we have to set ourselves apart. Yeah. We have to set us because we are. We are different. We are absolutely the examples of liberty. Uh, and Texas is so, a state that, uh, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so obviously mm -hmm. I'm a bias. But yeah. Texas is like one of my favorite states. And I've all growing yeah. up in a Christian conservative household, growing up in the Deep South, we have uh, in, in going through school in the Deep South, we've always viewed Texas as like the lantern of liberty. Right. You, mm -hmm. you guys are kind of like the example, the standard bearer for what yeah. freedom should look like in our country. And then our country should be that example to the world. Yeah. And so I just applaud you and every effort that y'all are going through in Texas. You guys really are walking it out. Well, you, I, you think we'd be freer given that that image, right? That spirit of Texas, like that's the ultimate, you know, liberty. But um, you think we'd be freer and we're not. So we're doing what we can. Yep. And a lot of that has to do with, and I don't hate to say it, it is just a fact it has to do with the Republican Party mm -hmm. um, and what they've been doing yeah, to our voice for many, many, many years. And we're seeing a small scale of that here in Mississippi. We don't have the name that you have. And so we don't get attacked as much. We're much more, we're viewed much more as a illegitimate bystander. Yeah. Where you guys are like, absolutely trailblazing mm -hmm. and so we need to learn from you we need to glean from you uh, all of our states especially our social media presence has a lot to learn from you i know you got family <laughs> over it's July fourth weekend i'm not going to keep you one last question okay. where's your favorite place to go on vacation oh man my favorite place well um we've had i don't i can't pick one specific favorite one because i'm still i'm still trying them all out uh, but I'll, we're going to have a trip to Cozumel at the end of July that I'm super excited about because man, I need it. Um, yeah. So, and I'm like, I'm going to try to completely disconnect during that time. So that'll be interesting. I've never been there, but uh, I took a trip um, a couple of years ago to Belize. That was pretty awesome. Uh, and then actually I really, really enjoy Puerto Vallarta um, in Mexico over on the Pacific side. And, uh, that's a really cool place. We've been there multiple times and, uh, I, I like to go back there cause it really is a way to disconnect and, and just kind of go hide. And, but, uh, I like to go lots of places, but vacation is definitely something I need. Right yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I've never really been on vacation. Uh, oh. and it's weird. Oddly enough, the every time I've been on any sort of trip and even my honeymoon, it, this is going to sound weird because I'm from Baton Rouge. I grew up in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. We always go to New Orleans. I love New Orleans. Oh, we it's, too. Uh, do. Yeah. My husband and I will actually, we go to Mardi Gras every year. He's been probably wow. about 20 years and I've been going to wow. 14. We even went last year. We actually were stuck there this year. So even though there was no Mardi Gras, there was Mardi Gras for us. So we went. And I got stuck there and missed the whole freeze that happened here in Houston. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting. But we we won't miss it. We won't miss Mardi Gras. We go every year for that. And we try to get back to New Orleans as much as we can during the year in between. So that is one of our favorite places. And if I could live there, 
I would. So uh, my, I think my soul lives there, actually. <laughs> yeah, huge fan of uh, of New Orleans. I'm a huge fan of the Alabama Gulf Coast as well, and then yeah. I've been to Houston a handful of times. Yeah, and so Houston was mainly for baseball games. Oh yeah, and the um, amusement park. I don't know if y'all still have the amusement. We park. do not. In fact, I drove by there the other day, and it was really weird to see it. It's just parking lot. It's it's just it's it is very strange because I grew up. I mean, I spent every, all summer every summer there. So that was that was Astro World. Yes, yeah, Astro World. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Eskimos in the comments, and she <laughs> says, "Come to vacation in Alaska." Man, so I, gotta, I love you. <laughs> I got to yeah. strap one more W in my belt with this one. We had the great seafood debate. How do you like your seafood? Well seasoned, Cajun style, or more like out of the water on an open campfire? Um, I like it fresh out of the water and raw, if appropriate. Oh, I did not get the W there. That's the first time I've lost that one. All right. Well, there you go, Eskimo. Foot in mouth. You're welcome. I do like fried seafood. um, Nice. But I prefer it just fresh and on a fire. I'm not going to put up her last comment because I'm a Christian (laughs) who loves Jesus. And yeah. But she also says, let her know when you're up there. So that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, Whitney, this is awesome. I had a great time with you. You actually yeah, taught it me. It happened so fast. Yeah, yeah. We're already closing them on an hour. It happens every time. So, um, again, I know you got family over, and I was really hoping that our interview would be just completely wrecked by a toddler, but it didn't happen. Not and so time. instead, oh, we got. I hear one on your end. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Next time. We'll do it again. <laughs> we'll try harder. Yeah. Hey, Eskimo says, you're my favorite. And she said, up here, uh, you were very well spoken. And wow. so I assume that, of course, you're the Texas state chair. Big deal over there. And thank so you. thank you. Thank you for coming on. This was excellent. I loved every second of it. Is there any other plug that you need or a website that we need to put for you on here besides letting everybody know, go follow them on Twitter, follow them on Facebook, yeah, Instagram, sure. all that stuff. For sure. Yeah. And if you're if you're willing, you know, we've got our legislative fund, our legal fund. Um, you can find those. I think they're, you know, lptexas.org forward slash legal fund or something along those lines. If you want to donate um, toward those those endeavors, those are going to be important coming up. So um, anything that anybody can do or just help us when we need volunteers. And uh, we've got a volunteer coordinator who can plug you into stuff if you're around and but I appreciate it. And I'm the worst at that plugging things. So I'm, I got to get my communications director to, to, to feed me the good stuff here that I can post. But anyway, thank yes. you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I am right there with you on plugging stuff. I have people that breathe down my neck about it. Yeah. And so that's the only reason that I know to do it. Yeah. Otherwise I'll forget. So thank yeah. you very much for coming. Yeah. On. Go enjoy your holiday weekend. Yeah, you too. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank yeah, you. for sure. Bye y'all. Bye. Take care. Bye. All right, Whitney Billu, state chair of the Libertarian Party of Texas. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Whitney, for coming on. That was awesome. I learned a bunch. We actually did not pregame a whole bunch before we talked and just had fun. And that's how these things go. And like, like I've said to several people backstage, when, when we're up here having fun, the information just comes out organically and wonderfully and articulate. And I absolutely loved every minute of that interview. So thank you again, Whitney. Absolutely awesome. We're going to bang out another promo real quick. Royalgreen.com by Jack Casey, author of the Royalgreen.com. A brilliant author. If you like sci-fi, these books are about what are they about? I don't know because I didn't read it and I'm not going to read it besides those goofy ASMR. You know what? We'll do that. Why not? Let's see. Where are we flipping to today? We're page 241. Oh, let me take this off so you can see. I, all I did was open it up. I just opened it. I don't know. I take it. My mother already asked you to inform your father of our plans. She was very convinced that it would be the best for the kingdom and the faith. I don't know. That one was boring. I've had some better luck just randomly opening up. Jack Casey, royalgreen.com. We make fun of him. He's a great punching bag, but that man is a mermail. You thought I was going to give him a compliment there, and I did not, but I will now. Love Jack Casey. You are a friend, and everything that you do for the Liberty Movement is absolutely appreciated. Thank you so much. 
thank you again to Whitney. I can't thank her enough. That was incredible. And I think we're just about done here. Other than that, I will see y'all tomorrow, 2 p.m. Central Time, which is Freedom Time, for the Cajun and Eskimo Show from Bayou's to Igloos on Muddy Water Media in every platform that you get to watch Muddy Waters Media. And it will be awesome. I will see y'all tomorrow. I love every one of you very, very much. Thank you for tuning in. I know I say it every show because I mean it every show. Thank you. I love each and every one of y'all. I'll see you tomorrow. Muddy Waters Media at 2 p.m. I'm out.